This inspiring message comes to you from Impact Church in Kingston, Ontario, where we are committed to living like Jesus and loving like Jesus. It is our prayer that this message blesses and enriches your life. How many excited for Vision Sunday? I have to admit, how many, remember the old Winnie the Pooh movies with Tigger? That's what I've been like for two weeks. I've just been bouncing. I'm bouncing around like Tigger. Um, I'm very excited uh, about today, not because I think that uh, what I'm going to say is anything amazing, but what I believe is, uh, my heart today is that by the end of this morning that you have your faith stirred, that you have your faith to be, uh, start to stir for things that are way beyond ourselves, um, that you would start to believe not in a small God, but in a very big God. Because I believe that we're on the cusp of some incredible things. I believe that God is doing amazing things. For those that were uh, not here in November, we actually did our last Vision Sunday, November the 13th, 2016. It was called Momentum Traction. And if you are not here, I want to encourage you guys to go back uh, on our website, www.impactkingston.com, and literally listen to that message on November the 13th. Um, and it'll give a great kind of foundation for today. Um, but I want to just, uh, just mention a couple of things from that message, just to give context to what I'm going to share this morning, if that's okay. One of the things that we saw in November is we saw a recognized pattern of momentum. But how many know that when we get to the, uh, the December and January, and you can have all seasons all you want, and you can have winter tires all you want, but when you get to that season... If you're not gaining traction, you can just spin your wheels and you can do all of this motion and all of this, this action and use all of this power and all of this torque and actually go nowhere. And so one of the things that became very, very apparent to us is momentum is awesome, traction is better. Because if you don't have traction, you're, you could get momentum going so much that you just spin your wheels. We see that in business. We see that in our finances. We see that in the education system. We see that in government. We see so many things in government where there's a whole bunch of stuff going on, but there's no traction, and things are just spinning around and spinning around. So that word traction literally speaks about uh, enabling a force or power to move something forward. The opposite of that, to contrast it, would be inertia, where inertia literally is the tendency to do nothing or remain unchanged, right? Right? You know, the whole definition of insanity, do the same thing over and over and over again, expect different results, it doesn't work. Inertia doesn't produce anything. It just stays at a constant and does nothing. It remains unchanged. Traction utilizes that power, that momentum, and actually gains forward forward motion. So we came to the conclusion coming up to November that to get supernatural momentum for our future, we have to build supernatural traction in our now. I've seen so many people that have got great ideas and they think about, well, you know, six months or a year down the road when I make that change or when I do something different. And I go, the problem with that is you may make a change in six months, but you're not going to see the fruit of that decision until a year later. So why don't you make a decision now so we see the the evidence of that or the manifestation of that uh, sooner rather than later? Because there's always time. Great ideas always take time to literally be put into the seedbed and to be watered and to be, and to be literally cared for before you see that thing sprout up. It takes time. So we wanted to have traction now. So we made the decision in November to go to two services. 
Um, we know that it was a big decision. It was a big change. It was a big shift. We understood that. We saw that it had effects on all of us. Um, I will say this. We have done incredibly well as a church in handling it and dealing with it, and it's been awesome. Um, and so what I wanted to share very briefly this morning before I actually get into my message is I want to share with you four key um, kind of things of traction that have actually happened in 2017 as a result of that decision to go to two services. So our attendance traction, 2016, our average was 150. In 2017, 215. 43% increase. Including our highest ever one-day total of church, 270 people on February the 5th. Volunteer traction, we had 83 regular adult uh, volunteers in 2016. In 2017, we're at 112, 35% increase. Isn't that awesome? Our financial traction, in 2016, our general fund giving, our weekly average was 56, 51, and 65 cents. People that love pennies, okay? 2017, our average general fund giving is 67, 46, 99, an increase of 19. It's actually 19.4%. Isn't that awesome? But we also knew that we had to have something in place to handle the traction practically. So we expanded our staff on January 1st of this year. Uh, Pastor Ray and Pastor Sandra both went from two days a week to three days a week. And we hired Rachel Evans two days a week for administration. She saves my life every single week. She saves my life. It's awesome. But we literally grew uh, our staff by 44%. Why? To handle the increase. I want to say this morning very sincerely, our sincerest thanks, most especially to Colleen. Um, who, Colleen, are you in here? Awesome. Our Impact Kids Director, Colleen, and all of our kids workers. If you are an Impact Kids volunteer, I want you to stand up. Even if you're on the check-in system, I want you to stand up. Let's just give them a great big thanks. Awesome. Not only did we go to two services, but they went from three classes to four classes. Not only did they do that, but they have the most volunteers they have to take care of, the most people to deal with, the most uh, kids to deal with, like in the sense of the biggest ministry uh, size. They are literally, uh, in connection, really a third of our church every single Sunday. And so I want to say a very, very special thank you on behalf of the pastoral team to all of the Impact Kids workers, because you guys make this church what it is. Um, And so we wanted to say a very, very special thank you for that. We also recognize that our kids are our most precious asset that we have. And so we want to make sure we treasure them and take care of them. And so, Colleen, thank you for all the hard work. I know personally from behind-the-scenes stuff that you go above and beyond and have done so much in the last six months, not only to prepare for this season, but to actually go through these last four months. So our sincerest thanks. We appreciate you. Um, But with everything in life, you get to a point where you always have to say, well, what's next? Where do we go from here? What's on the other side? You know, what's, what's the next step for us? And so I want to just spin off a couple of things we shared in our next series in January. Um, we called it Next Language, but I'm going to call it, for the sake of our church community this morning, Colton Language, because Colton gets it better than anybody else, Brooks and Laura's little guy. Um, but we talked about reaching forward. We talked about moving forward. We talked about being here long enough. I don't, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes you get to a place where you've just been here long enough. It's like, 
and I'm not talking necessarily even a physical place, but just even in your own spiritual journey or in your own finances, or in your own health or in your own whatever. And it's like you get to a point, it's like, you know, I've been here long enough. This, I'm sick of this. It's time to move on. It's time to move on and get past the next thing. I love the word. It's time to get out of that place or to go after it. It's time to get out of the boat or to cross over. Those are the, some of the phrases and some of the language that we used back in January to describe what's next. But when we brought it all together, we, we landed on this one thought. Simply this. Next is not necessarily a next door, a next season, a next opportunity. Next is an attitude of faith. It's an attitude of faith. It's not just saying, oh, God, I hope you open up a door of opportunity for me. Or I hope I move into the next season. But it's, it's an attitude of faith saying, it doesn't matter where I'm at. Lord, I'm going to have faith for whatever you're doing right now. Amen? Next level is about understanding and having faith in God's ways and trusting God's timing. Faith in God's ways, trust in his timing. And I want to say this morning, I've learned from personal experience that oftentimes we'll have faith in God's ways but really struggle to trust God's timing. Come on, can I get an amen? Can I get an oh my? Right. The reality is, is most of us are really godly people until God says, trust me. <laughs> and then it's like, what? You, you want me to trust you? But... But I got this all worked out. I got it all figured out in my mind if you would just follow my blueprint. And God looks at the blueprint and says, how about you get out of, my, of your boat and climb into mine? Because I know where you need to get to. And so, as a pastoral team, we've kind of landed on a word for our next. If that's okay. Um, we've landed on a word. And it's the word enlarge. Another word could be expand. Um, another word could be extend. But this word enlarge is kind of where we're landing. And the actual definition of it is this, to make larger or to give greater scope to, to increase in capacity and to expand. Why is this word important? Because this word literally is setting us up for the rest of the morning. Everything that I'm about to share this morning is all with this concept of expanding, enlarging, uh, growing that whole nine yards. Um, for those that maybe remember, about 12 to 15 years ago, there was a great little book that came out, and it was kind of famous in Christian circles for probably a good three or four years. It was called The Prayer of Jabez. And uh, he basically has this little booklet that was written off of one verse in the Bible. And so I'm going to read that verse to you this morning. It's First Chronicles 4.10, and it says this, And Jabez called on the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you would bless me indeed and enlarge, say enlarge, and enlarge my territory, that your hand would be with me, and that you would keep me from evil, that I may not cause pain. So God granted him what he requested. The actual Hebrew word for that word, enlarge, literally means to increase, to expand, to become more. And catch this, I love this part. To extend influence and authority. To extend influence and authority. How many believing right now that, that not only this church, but every church that lifts up the name of Jesus in the city of Kingston right now, God is using to extend his influence and authority in the city. Not just in churches, not just in schools or, 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 or government offices, but in every single sphere of this city. Do you believe that? All two of you. That was awesome. Do you guys believe that God is up to something? I'll say, okay, we're good. All right. So just before I get into this, there's... A couple thoughts I want to share, just as a kind of a precursor. Frank Damasio, who's the, the head of our fellowship, Ministers Fellowship International, um, who's just recently retired from being the senior pastor of City Bible Church for a number of years, still the chairman of our fellowship, uh, dean of Portland Bible College, 
uh, the, the list of it is endless of stuff that he's done, including writing over 60 books with a special emphasis on leaders. He's a leader of leaders, a pastor of pastors. The guy is brilliant when it comes to leadership principles. Almost 60, 70% of his books are on leadership, and he's incredible. But he talks about seven things that God always wants to enlarge in a church prior to a breakthrough. And he, I'm, I'm just going to give you the stuff on the screen behind me, and I'm gonna, you, you can get them off the, uh, the website, or you can even text me or email me, and I can give you the stuff. But he talks about, number one, enlarging our vision, 1 Chronicles 4.10. Two, enlarging our path. In other words, enlarging our ability of influence, 2 Samuel 22.37. Enlarging our hearts, Isaiah 60, verse 5. In other words, seeing, seeing greater capacity. How many of you know when we turn on the, the news and we see what's going on in the world, it's very easy to shrink our hearts of compassion towards things? Because we see the chaos of our world, but God is saying, enlarge your compassion, enlarge your hearts. Uh, for enlarge our borders, Exodus 34, 24. In other words, see beyond where you're at. Remove the limitations. Don't be confined by what you see right now. Five, enlarge our confession. What are we confessing? Can I say right now that you can give away everything in your life right now by how you speak? So just do a, just do a little test this week. Take, you know, maybe this week and just... Take a kind of mental note of how many times that you like to speak negatively about something or how many times you speak positively about something or how many times that you actually speak in such a way that is God-honoring or God-dishonoring. Probably give away a lot of things. How do I know? Because someone gave me a book many, many years ago and they handed it to me and they said, you know, Cameron, I love you um, and I just felt from the Lord to give you this book. Handed me the book. I looked at it and it was Joyce Myers, Me and My Big Mouth. I thought, I think they're trying to tell me something. And I had to kind of swallow my pride, swallow my ego, go read the book. I got about a chapter and a half in and realized, oh, Lord, I got a problem. (laughs) And then other people told me I had a problem too. And then more and more people told me. You know when people start kind of telling you you got a problem, but you don't want to hear it? And then finally you give in, and then that moment happens, and you have your aha moment, and you change. Well, that's kind of what happened to me 20 years ago. And enlarge, number six, enlarge our ministry, 2 Corinthians 6, 11 and 13, and chapter 10, 15 to 16. And then the last one, I love this, is enlarge our capacity. Enlarge our capacity. How do we get to the place where we enlarge our capacity? How do we get to a place where we literally enlarge our faith? Well, can I say this morning, there's one very simple step that it takes to enlarging our faith and enlarging our capacity. Are you ready for this? We have to make a decision this morning to reject small thinking. We have to reject smallness. We have to reject uh, small faith, small prayers, small confession. We have to reject um, a small view of God. We have to reject putting God in a box. How many know, remember the little, the little toy that we had as kids? You know, Pop Goes the Weasel? Pop Goes the Weasel. And I think for some of us right now, we've got to let God out of the box and pop the box called small thinking. Because as of right now, there's far too many of us that are looking at our world and we're judging our world not by its destiny but by its history. And we've got to get bigger, a bigger vision for what's going on. We've got to see the potential of this city, not because of the history of it, not because this is a tough city, this is a hard rock city, and this, nothing ever happens here, and every church fails here. And I've heard it all, guys. I've heard, I, when we first moved here, I was told by many people how many ways your church is going to flounder and embarrass and fall and, and just blow up. And I looked at them and said, thank you so much for your encouraging word. 
That was so encouraging. And I came out of that, and you know what it did? It stirred up more faith in me. I'm like, God, well then, this, this is a hard place, but Lord, that means it's also going to be a special place. Because the enemy's had his way here, but God's got a destiny on this place. And so I choose to see that. Do you believe that this morning? But we literally have to pop the box of small thinking. We have to pop the, the box of, of a small view of God. And we've got to see beyond that. Twelve spies were sent out in Numbers chapter 13. They came back. Ten gave this report. I know there are grapes, but did you see the size of those giants? And two, Joshua and Caleb came back and said, yeah, I know they're giants, but did you see the size of those grapes? Joshua and Caleb saw a place of enlargement, but the rest shrunk back and stayed small. I want you to listen to this. Key insight that I had as I was preparing for this. Joshua and Caleb were the only two that saw God's next. The other ten and the rest of the nation stayed in God's now and never saw the promised land. Never saw it. Never saw the next. The only two that went, God's out of the box. Let's go! That's what he did. I can just imagine Joshua and Caleb right now playing with their little pop goes the weasel boxes. That's probably how they did an illustrated sermon to Moses when they came back. They used the flannel graph. They used the pop goes the weasel. They used some, you know, of course, you always have to have snacks because that keeps everyone focused and healthy and happy. So they probably handed out Fig Newtons because there's no other choice, right? So they did that, got to the end of it, and Moses went, uh, no, I don't think we're going to do that. I think I'm going to believe the 10. We have a choice right now as we're looking for the future of this church. We can, seize the, we can see the size of the giants, or we can see the size of the grapes. I'm seeing the size of the grapes. I don't know about you guys, but I'm just like, I'm in. I want to I start this whole theme today with the verse that I ended with, with Frank DiMazio's stuff. Isaiah 54, verses 2 and 3, and I want you to follow along on the screen behind me. It says, enlarge the place of your tent. Say enlarge. Stretch your cur- uh, tent curtains wide. Say Stretch. Do not hold back. Lengthen your cord. Say lengthen. Lengthen. And strengthen your stakes. Say strengthen. Strengthen. For you will spread out to the right and to the left. Your descendants will dispossess nations and settle in the desolate cities. There's four key words here. Enlarge, stretch, uh, lengthen, and strengthen. Sounds like a Richard Simmons workout video, but it's all good. Uh, Enlarge means expanding our capacity, removing limitations. The church should never be confined. That's what it means. To stretch means to spread out, to extend our faith. It speaks of spreading the gospel. It speaks of an apostolic church that is literally reaching and being influential in every sphere of life. To lengthen means to draw out, to lengthen your reach, to extend influence. And to strengthen means to be strong, to cure, to help, to repair, to fortify, to conquer, to establish for the purpose of supporting the weight of ministry. Interesting little insight here. The Hebrew word in in verse 3 For the word reach out, or sorry, spread out, is the word directly translated breaking forth or breakthrough. So it's literally saying that if you enlarge, stretch, lengthen, and strengthen your faith, breakthrough is the result. Breaking forth is the result. How many know that the more that you have, uh, if you can say it like this, a vision or any concept of a vision or an idea or dream or anything is like a large tree. The wider the branches grow, the deeper the roots have to go in order to sustain and hold it. Do you believe that this morning? So everything that I'm about to talk to and speak to this morning is going to be using these four words in context to what is coming next 
at Impact Church. Are you guys ready? Are your seat belts on? Are you ready for the ride? Because we're going to go from first to second to third to fourth and fifth gear by the end here. Um, first word is enlarge. Again, it means to expand, extend our capacity, expand our capacity. It talks about removing limitations. Um, it speaks about a church that's not confined. It's not limited. It's not held back. Um, it's not being withheld. Um, we believe we're in a season of momentum. We believe that there's traction. We've just proven it with the statistics. The statistics have proven beyond a shadow of a doubt we have traction. So you can't look at those stats and go, oh, I, did, I don't think we have traction. We have traction. Um, we have momentum. God is moving. We have seen some of the most significant things happen in our church history in the last couple of months. Testimonies, stories, marriages, uh, healings, uh, people coming to Christ. I mean, just some of the most incredible moments that we've had in our church history. We know that God is doing things. Not only is God doing things, God is doing things right across the generational gap. Our impact kids are being loved and cared for every single week and getting great things out of it. It's awesome. Our Ignite Youth Group has taken off. They have had moments, and even in the last month alone, of people coming to Christ. A deeper worship night. A couple weeks ago, where some of our kids on Friday nights got filled with the Holy Spirit. Baptized in the Holy Spirit on a Friday night at youth. Why? Because we've got a group that is growing, that is literally going for something in God. For the last uh, eight months now, we've had a group uh, at Queens, a young adult group that have involved Queens students and SLC students and young adults within our community that have been meeting. We've seen the presence of God come. We've seen God move. We've got God speak. We're seeing good things happening. We're seeing things happening even at a church level. We've had the largest attendance of our equip nights ever in the history from September right through to this past session. We've had the most people we've ever had in our connect group in our history. God's doing something. Amen? But through all of that, we've seen and recognized that um, we know that God's not calling us to be a portable church for the rest of our lives. How many say amen? Amen. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) That's where you can just break out into every Lionel Richie song known to man and carry on karaoke cam moments forever and ever and ever and ever. Um, but we're not called to be a portable church. We've been saying this for the last three years that we believe that God has a place for us. We believe in permanency. Uh, we believe that we've been faithful. We believe that God's been faithful. And we believe that God is leading us and directing us. I just want to give a bit of uh, an update on this building thing this morning. Um, I want to say very quickly, very clearly, I don't have a picture to put on the screen. And we're not going to announce anything this morning. But what I am going to tell you is, is where the story is at. So if it's okay, I want to read to you the next chapter of the book called Becoming Permanent. Um, Is that okay? All right. So for the last three years, I have literally, and we have literally been looking at properties. We've been looking at properties for sale, properties for lease. We've been looking at land for sale. We've been looking at schools closing down. We've looked into the possibility of, of, um, you know, even the potential of churches amalgamating or anything like that or a church building coming available. We've looked at a bunch of things. In all of that time, we've had a couple of things that have piqued our interest, but nothing that ever stuck, nothing that ever just gained traction. But two months ago, something fell into our lap that is not going away. (laughs) Um, It's not going away, and every kind of topic and every discussion and every thought and every detail, not that it's perfect, but every detail just seems to be kind of falling into this camp of, there seems to be some traction here. Now, we don't know that this is going to work out, so I just want to give some details and, and give you a, a kind of a scenario where things are at. I'm going to tell you in a couple of minutes where it is, but, but just track with me for a second. 
We are seeing this stage right now as an information gathering stage. We are doing everything we can possibly do to gather information on this particular site to see if God is this you or is this not you. Um, and so our prayers from, and what we are asking really from you guys to do is very simple. Pray, God, if this is you, open the door. God, if this is not you, slam it shut. It's that simple. We're not married to an idea. We're not married to a building. Or we're not married to any place. But we are, do, we are married to Jesus, and we're just trusting him that he's going to lead us. We've had three contractors that have seen the spot. Damon, who's here, Gary, who's here, and Adam was in the first service. They've seen it. They've been giving feedback and details on some of the different things that are both positive and of things that are concerned that we would have to look into. Um, we've had Joe Verrett look at the HVAC system. He's an HVAC technician. That's what he does. Um, Lindsay, who's here this morning at the back, she's able to give us some insight on the septic systems and the water lines and things like that that are there, which has been incredibly helpful. We've also had a look at all their computer cabling and their systems that are there, their Cat5 network, the whole nine yards, and that's looking really, really good. Nuno, who we're thankful for this morning, Nuno's been able to give us some feedback, including going into the building um, as a drawer designer to give feedback on some bylaws and on some fire code issues and some different zoning issues that could come up, as well as done some homework on finding out the zoning background and history on that information. Jen Diaz, who was here in the first service, is a civil engineer who actually deals with the city most of her time doing zoning, zoning applications, and all of those things. So she has actually worked with me for the last couple of weeks putting together a zoning pre-application process that we've already submitted to the city, and we have a meeting with the city planning department on May the 16th. So I want you guys to make a note of that, pray for us that morning. We're going to have some key people coming in with us that day, um, and we're going to make a presentation to the city. The goal of that meeting is very simple. Um, It's not that anything's official, but what it is is very simple. At a pre-application meeting, you find out in that meeting whether the process to do all of this is going to be worth the time and energy and effort. They will speak to certain issues that may scare you away, and they may speak to certain issues and say, hey, it looks pretty good. We would be okay with that from our end. So we're going to find out things about the process for zoning. We're going to find out uh, things about environmental issues and things like that. Um, So that's exciting. We've also had uh, a bunch of other people involved finding out a bunch of other information. I'm not going to go through all of that this morning. Our covenant partners have seen it, um, and we've we've got over 85% of our covenant partners that are saying, yay, to strongly considering, considering this particular space. We've spoken to four of our apostolic leaders, including Mike Cervello, Charlie Sweet, Gary Hayes, and Russ Conway, and they've all, including Russ, has seen it when he was here two weeks ago, and so um, we are very excited to say they are tracking with us and praying with us and very, very positive about the, the potential. Um, so where is it? Are you ready for this? Um, how many believe that the Muslim world needs to be saved? Okay, we're almost right beside them. So, um, it's 1555 Sydenham Road. And here's what's interesting about, um, here's what's interesting about this property. There's 13,400 square feet of, finish, of, of space, of, of a building that's there. Um, on th- on just under three acres of land. But here's where it's interesting. Directly beside it, to the north and in behind, is another 13 and a half, almost 13.75 acres of land that would give a, 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 and that land is very cheap right now, very cheap. Um, it would give us the potential to have a 13,400 square foot building to move into right away, uh, obviously with some time for probably two, three, four months of, of renovations and construction, things like that. Um, but it would give us an opportunity to move into something and then in future expand because we would have almost 17 acres 
almost 17 acres. And so I want to say very clearly this morning, there's no decision on this. We're in information gathering situation. We haven't made a decision yet. The process for us as a church is, as a pastoral team, we're going to get a feel, a sense for God's direction, timing. We're going to present that to our covenant partners. Covenant partners are going to process through that with us as a team. We're going to make a decision whether to say yay or nay. Um, and if we say yay, we're going to put in a, an offer at some point if that, if that is where the yay goes. And even at that point, we would put so many conditions on it that we would have a way out in case something didn't work out. Okay? And so I'm not saying we're going to get anything tomorrow. But I do feel like it was important for me to come to you this morning and tell you the next chapter. I think it's incredibly important for you, you guys to be praying with us and to pray specifically, God, if this is you, open the door. If this is not you, close the door. Um, some of the things that are very intriguing about this, this space is that it's incredibly um, central in the city in the sense of its rate. If you look at kind of east to west, it's right in the middle. Um, and the accessibility to the 401 opens up potential opportunity for anybody coming from the far extremes, the east side, the west side, north of the city, east and west of the city. Um, and as well, we also recognize that with this decision, it would come an automatic, because it's not on a bus route, which is a negative, it would come with an automatic decision from our team to find a bus um, and so that we can bring people in who do not have cars. That would involve both students, that would involve those that are in our, in our community or church community that do not have a vehicle. Um, that is something that we've definitely added to that. Um, can I just share, just for maybe a minute, just pastoral team feedback? Is that okay? We often don't talk like this kind of stuff with the church because it's sometimes there's so many variables and dynamics that you deal with as pastors that um, sometimes not everyone kind of thinks through what we have to think through. But when we look at the church, there's so many things that we think about. We think about God's leading. We think about God's direction. We think about God's voice. God, what are you saying? What are you saying to me right now? We think about the, as I, as I call them, the prophetic whispers of heaven and where God's leading us. Um, we think about the pulse of the church and the morale of the volunteers. We think about the cost and sustainability of every decision that is made. We think about vision alignment. We think about how does, how does these decisions align to the values and the vision of this church. And most especially... Without a doubt, our major focus from day one and has always been this way, we think about the health of the church. Not just, um, not just how one person's feeling, but how the overall is feeling. Um, because we know that church health is always the precursor to church growth. I've seen far too many churches that focus on growth and they're unhealthy. And the only thing they do is reproduce unhealthy people. But we believe that healthy people reproduce healthy people and healthy things grow. Amen? Amen. So, where are we at? We believe that the May 16th planning meeting with the city is going to give us a very good idea of what our next step is. Um, So here's what I want you guys to do. Pray. All I ask. Pray. If you feel like God is speaking to you prophetically about something, giving you a dream, a vision, a, a, a verse from the Bible, anything, email me, call me, text me, do whatever you got to do. Uh, but be praying that God would continue to either open the doors or shut them. Amen? Can I say this morning as well, I want to leave just with one thought on this particular topic. Um, as we were talking to Mike Cervella, who's been a longtime friend and apostolic leader in our fellowship, he made a statement to us as, a, uh, as Sandra and I, that really is to our church, 
that really struck a chord to me. He said this. He said, a city reaching church is not where you are. It's who you are. And the one thing that's so amazing about, about God is when something is embedded in our DNA to reach a city, nothing will ever stop us. <laughs> so when we see potential for growth and expansion, it gives us more and more opportunity to do things down the road. Amen? So that's the first thing. Enlarge our capacity. We, believe, we do believe that we're in a prophetic timeline right now with God, with this whole thing, with a building. Second thing is this. The second word was stretch, and it literally means to spread out or extend our faith. And I'm going to read um, some thoughts from Josephine. Josephine is one of our precious single moms in this church. She's been here for, I believe, over eight years, one of our almost originals, and uh, been faithful here. She serves in our kids' ministry. She's just awesome. And she shared some thoughts on Friday night in an email that I wanted to share with you this morning. I do have her permission, just so you know. She said this, I feel there is a need to pray for a rising of faith for whatever God has in store for impact. Not just the covenant partners, but those who call impact home and those who are yet to call impact home. I believe it wants to do something that will defy logic and solidify people's faith. I feel that God wants to do more than we're imagining and the level of corporate faith will determine this. I think you couldn't have said it better myself. God is stirring up our faith to believe for more. For the last two years, whenever I've talked to my mom or my mom's talked to Sandra and I about our future home, she calls it the Miracle Church. And I believe that. Every time she says it, I'm like, yep, absolutely, there's going to be a Miracle Church. But can I say something this morning? If Bill Gates personally called me up this morning and said, hey, Cameron, buddy, oh, Paolo, friend, um, I have a check for $2.2 million that I'm going to wire you from wherever he lives, I think he's Seattle, to to your uh, bank account, into the church bank account. You can just do whatever you want with it. Now, how many will have to see that happen? But can I be honest as a pastor and as a person of faith? Oftentimes, those are the worst things that happen to a church, and I'll tell you why. Because then our faith is in God's provision rather than God. And whenever our faith is in God, God requires us to step out. And so the best testimonies and the best forward momentum of any church is not when someone supernaturally drops something on our lap, although I wouldn't mind if he did. But it's when the church partners with the plan. Not just in the area of finances, but I want you to know, most importantly, in the area of faith. That you start tracking with faith. Anytime God wants to stretch any church, there's two things that he always does to stretch us. Number one is our faith. Overcoming small thinking. Popping that, you know, pop goes the weasel box. Can I say this morning, not only is he God stretching our faith, but he wants us to move from the place of operating out of the fear of something to the faith of something. When God comes and speaks, there's always one of two reactions in every human being on the planet regarding any idea. The first thought is always the, the fear of it. Well, I don't know, that's gonna, I don't know how that's going to work out. How's that going to work out? Or the other people are, well, why not? God's big. Do you see the size of those grapes? It's crazy. We have two choices. There's no in-between. And you have to understand this morning, there's no in-between. You can't kind of, you know, pull up a, a little chair and a, and a lawn chair and pull up your iced tea and, and have, you know, grandma's uh, apple crisp, which we had last night, which was awesome, and, uh, and sit there and sit in between those two choices. You can't do it. It's either you operate out of the fear of or the faith of. Fear of or faith of. So God's stretching us. The moment that you can make the, sh- the switch from the fear of something to the faith of something is the moment that God's super comes on the natural. And then things just start to happen. But the second thing is, is our finances. God wants to stretch us in the area of our finances. 
there's strategy as to why we're doing the generosity series right now. Not just because we're trying to get somewhere with it financially, but I'll tell you why. I believe that God has put within our heart right now uh, an opportunity to stir up our faith, to believe for something beyond ourselves. Um, And I'm excited about that. But not only did we talk about last week about moving from comfort giving to sacrificial giving, but I want to drop another thought uh, into your lap this morning that actually Jeff and I talked about uh, in a car, little car ride on Friday. And I never even thought of it this way, but as we were talking, this thought hit me. Oftentimes, people live, when it comes to generosity of finances, most people are what I call passion givers, but not principle givers. In other words, they're people that will give towards something that they're passionate about, but won't have a heart of generosity towards a lot of other things, but only what they're passionate about. And what God wants to transform us is to take us from having a passion-giving mindset, just giving towards what we're passionate about, to actually having a principled giving mindset where we give from the principle of generosity. And because generosity is in our spirit and in our heart and in our mind, every opportunity that we connect with and see every single day becomes an opportunity for us to be generous. So we need to switch from passion-giving to principled giving. Do you believe that this morning? Part of that is going to be some of the stuff we're going to talk about the last two weeks of May. We're going to talk about tithing. I'm going to talk about uh, the end of that series, about a, a church uh, capital campaign that we're going to introduce as well. Um, but we need to stretch ourselves in the area of faith and finances because God's about to do something. Do you believe that? Awesome. Third word is this, lengthen. I love this. It says to draw out, to lengthen your reach, and to extend influence. Just to give a bit of background on our church, um, from day one, we have a heart for outreach. From day one. I remember some of the initial discussions Sandra and I had about the concept of Hands of Hope. Um, and we started looking at, because we started our church in September of 2008, and Christmas was quickly approaching. And when you're trying to get a church off the ground, the last thing you're thinking of is anything extra. You know what we were thinking for the first year? Honey, let's just survive Sunday morning. <laughs> if we make it home at 1.30 Sunday afternoon and we're still alive, <laughs> it's been a good day. That's how we thought. Because when you're church planning, you got nothing else. You, you give everything that's in your tank to making Sunday morning work, and that's about it. And for Sandra and I, it was like, plus we were on the worship team for the first while, so we were playing every week and speaking every week and taking up the offering every week and praying for everybody every week and connecting. With it was overwhelming. But we said from day one, honey, it's either in our DNA or it isn't. Either we're outreaching compassionate people or we're not. We can't say we're compassionate and not do something. So we said, well, I don't know what we're going to do, but we're going to pull off hands of hope. And even if we got one family or one person that we're going to bless, we're going to figure it out. And by the end of that, that month of December, we blessed 31 families in our first year. And here's what was so cool. I want, to, I want you to get into the heartbeat of this church. We didn't have enough money. But God told us, empty your bank account in order to bless the people in the community and put it all into hands of hope. The problem was... We only had one Sunday offering remaining in the month of December before the end of the year. And we had bills to pay the 1st of January. We're like, this is nuts. But whenever God leads us to do something nuts, then I get excited. I'm like, I'm excited. You want me to give it away? Yes, Lord. So here's what was so cool. There was a guy we didn't even know, had not been going to church for quite a while, but understood the principle of tithing. Saved up his tithe for over a year. Showed up the Sunday after Hands of Hope. Put in a tithe check for almost 10 grand. 
And I was like, Jesus loves the little children. That's yeah, awesome. Oh, yes, yes. And then I'm, I'm like walking home, and I'm just like, you know how you're driving home, but no part of your body is actually hitting the ground? You're just floating. I'm floating, and I'm like, honey, you should have just listened to me. You just listen to me and trust God, honey. Come on. <laughs> it was awesome. I know. But we just knew, God, you're doing something. But you have to stretch. Right? I don't want to get weird and very uncomfortable. But you know what? (laughs) Stretch marks. You know what I'm saying? (laughs) But think about this. It's a constant reminder of the blessing of God. It is a 24-7 constant reminder of the very blessing and hand of God on your life. I think as a church, we need some stretch marks. And we can't keep talking about other people's stretch marks. And we can't keep reading books about other people's stretch marks. I want to have my own. That's why I'm gaining weight. Anyhow, okay, all right. Oh, Lord Jesus, please help me to lose weight, Lord. Okay, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Focus. So, Lengthen. What is so important about this concept of lengthen? Why? For up to this point, we've been a church that has designed our outreaches around events. We've done two or three major events, and we've looked for God opportunities that have presented themselves. We've never looked for it. We've just kind of, out of relationship, gravitated towards something. If we found out about something, we would talk about it, we'd pray about it, we'd come back to those people and say, hey, I think we can do that. Why not? That's how we've done it to this point. But we knew that there had to be a transition that had to happen from doing just two or three events a year to being more intentional, more consistently active in the city, all across the city. So here's what we're doing starting September. Are you ready? Every Connect group is going to have an intentional component in it of outreach. Every Connect group. And here's what's going to be interesting about these Connect group opportunities. Number one, there's an ownership that will come for those people and those connections in that particular group more than one big event ever would. Because it's personal. It's relationship. Can I say this morning that probably almost every single person that's ever been in the baptismal tank, either here or at Grass Creek Park in the summer, have been in there because of relationship. People will come to this church because of relationship. People will actually trust you to speak into their life because of? I don't know about you, but if I'm in a pit in my life. There's two types of people. I I know I've shared this before. I don't know if I shared this here, but there's two types of people. There's somebody that stands at the top of the pit and says, come on, just get over yourself. Grow up. You just listen to us. And then there's another group of people that says, I'm going to get right into the pit with them. And I'm going to sit beside them. I'm just going to tell them, listen, man, you're stuck with me. I'm here, man. I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to get you out of this pit one way or the other. And we're going to get out of here together. There's two different ways to see it. Why do we want outreach in the city through small groups? Because it's going to be personal. It's going to be intimate. It's going to be a connection. And it's going to be a connection that's going to go out through the, throughout the year. Because guess what happens? They're going to get to know you. They're going to get to know your group. The walls are going to come down. Some of you are going to be climbing into their pit. And out of that, it's going to come something so beautiful and so powerful. We're going to see people come to this church and come to different connection points to this church because of those outreaches. So that's our third one. You good with that? All right, the fourth one is this. Strengthen. 
to be strong, I'm going over again, but thank you, Jesus, to fortify, to establish for the purpose of supporting the weight of ministry that God's calling us to. We have, without a doubt, the most incredible volunteer base of any church that I've ever seen in my life, without a doubt. Some of you may not know this, but we hover between 70 and 75% of active adult volunteerism in our church. What we've recognized is that we need, uh, we need not just our volunteers, which we have a great group of, but we need to expand our leadership core on every level. Our servant leaders need to expand. We need more servant leaders. We need more ministry leaders. We need more uh, leaders at a pastoral level and an eldership level. We need more right across the board. Because what we found is that when you stretch and you grow, you can only stretch and grow as much as you have leaders that have the capability and capacity to handle it and to carry the weight of ministry. So what, we, what have we kind of landed on? We've landed on one very simple thought. We need to create an intentional leadership pipeline in our church that is constantly producing leaders or people that have the capability of leading different things. Um, now, I want to say very quickly, because there's so many misunderstandings about leadership in church world, the goal of anybody that comes to Impact Church is not to be a leader. The goal of anybody that comes to Impact Church is to live like Jesus and to love like Jesus, to be a disciple of Christ. I couldn't care less about titles. I couldn't care less about all of those things. But we understand at the end of the day that, that our ability to carry the weight and the expansion of what's going on is going to be directly related to how many people we have involved at some of the higher levels. And so um, that's important. So there's five things that we're going to put into place over the next number of months um, to prepare for that. Some of these are very simple. Some of these are a little bit more profound. Number one, we are actively working right now on a clear leadership manual and application where it's going to speak about our leadership DNA, which we believe is servant leadership. Um, It's going to be done before December, and it's going to give clear expectations and requirements for every leader. Why? Because we want things to be clear. We want people to be tracking with where we're going. The second thing is this. Some of you have been actively interested in finding out when our 401 class is going to start. Well, it's going to come uh, soon, but it's coming in a different package. Um, We've been researching and processing through um, the concept of what we originally designed for 401 was to be something called cultural life, and it was in connection of how to evangelize and how to, how to kind of speak to some of the different issues in our culture. Um, and what we've been finding as I've been researching is there's so many good things out there, I'm, I would almost be stealing their thunder. There's so many good resources out there on how to do that. So what we feel to do more is just to make that available in some writings or different things at the end of 301 so that people can look that up on, their own, on themselves. There's a lot of great resources. There's a lot of great stuff on YouTube. There's a lot of great ministries out there that speak to a lot of those things. And so what we've... What we're going to do is we're going to transition 401 from a cultural life evangelism type uh, uh, class to a leadership development class called Catalyst Life. And what we're going to do is, is create a, a class that's not just going to uh, put biblical leadership principles into you to be a leader in the church, but actually to be a leader in any sphere of influence you're in, whether that's your home, your business, you know, your workplace, anything. Um, and so we want to do that. We're going to do everything that we can to start that in September, but I want to say no guarantee. Guarantee it probably by January for sure, but we're going to work hard on trying to get it off the ground for September. Um, third thing is this. We've heard from a lot of people over the last number of years about the desire to have a stronger foundation of how to study the Word and how to know God's Word better. And so for those that have completed 101, 201, and 301, which is a discipleship process, those going to open house soon will hear all this information. Um, but what we've had is those people that have done those classes, we always have 
what we call electives. So they're just extra classes that people can come to if they want to keep learning and growing. But what we feel to expand our, our equip electives to starting in September, this is a start in September for sure, is we're going to expand it to include Bible college level training and courses. For those that want to be able to take in how to study the Bible, how to learn different things. And so one of the things that we found is that more and more people that understand God's word gain confidence overnight because they feel like they can speak to different issues confidently. And so what we're literally going to be doing is adding into our electives on Wednesday night Bible college training. Some of it's going to be uh, live. Some of it's going to be done via video or via like um, an audio MP3 files. But the material that will be shared will be stuff that will be from Bible college level training. Um, and so we're very, very excited about that. The fourth thing is this. We're going to resume what we used to do years ago. It's, it's called our Catalyst, Catalyst Leaders Meetings. And they're going to be intentionally designed to input and, and equip our core leaders in our church uh, and prepare them for things that are upcoming and to really just pour into them. One of the things that we feel has been lacking is our personal connection as pastors to our core leaders, um, which is, we haven't been happy about at all. Part of it's been an incredibly busy season, um, and just recognizing that, but we're going to be intentionally putting that into our schedule three to four times a year so we can have special time just with our core leaders so that they can feel uh, equipped and poured into and all of those things. And last but not least, and this is the thing I'm most excited about. This is the thing that I've been dreaming about for months now. Um, we are going to be starting in September of this year an internship program at the church, a ministry internship program um, at Impact. This has been in Sandra and I's hearts for about 15 years. And sometimes when you plant a church, the things that you often do is you, dr- you dream about a whole bunch of things, but you have to trust and wait for God's timing as to when you can do them. Because sometimes you just don't have the capacity, the time, or the energy, the resources to do it. But in the last six months, we've had a number of young adults in particular that have come to me and said, oh, I just would love to do kind of like a, I don't know, like a, uh, an intern program. And we're like sitting there going, oh, really? Yeah, interesting. And it keeps repeating itself over and over and over and over again. And I don't even know, sometimes when things repeat themselves over and over and over again, you've got to kind of clue in and track with what God's doing. And so for us, um, this is something we're going to start in September. We have an information meeting for this program Sunday, May the 28th, after the uh, second service. Um, we're going to go through in detail what it is, what it's all about, cost, requirements, uh, references, all those different things. But I want to just give it to you in a very quick little easy kind of picture this morning for the sake of time. Um, It's a one-year program, September to May. It is a Monday to Friday, 8.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. time slot, four hours. And it is going to involve three different components. Why I'm really excited about this program is because it involves all three. Um, Most people that feel like a ministry call, they'll go away to Bible college, they'll be gone for two, three, four years. They come back and they're so disconnected from their own churches and and, and, and they don't really have any friends out there, and they're disconnected, and they get a whole bunch of information. But in oftentimes is the case with Bible colleges. You go away and you get information, but you miss two other components that are vital. So what we're doing with this internship program is we're literally wrapping it around three main components. Number one is Bible college-level training, actually approved courses and course credit from Portland Bible College. Number two, personal mentorship from, a past, from the pastoral team and ministry leaders. This has been one of the biggest components that has been missing in a lot of these programs is they have all information, but they don't have mentoring. So there's going to be mentoring intentionally in, in, embedded into this program. The third thing is this, active ministry opportunity and, and training in different fields of ministry opportunity and training that people are not only interested in feel called to. Um, and so we're excited 
about that. So, if you're interested in finding more about all of that, um, come to the meeting, information meeting on May the 28th. I'm coming in for a landing. And honey, I'm just going to get uh, my beautiful wife just to pass around um, a, a um, clipboard here. And as she's doing this, I just want to tell you why this is going around. We have two things that are upcoming that I, I want to in- involve everybody in, and we need your email address to do it. Number one is in the next two weeks, we're going to be sending out a survey to the whole church that's going to cover everything from your feedback on two services to some of the things that we're talking about this morning to some of the things, questions that we need answered for the future. So, for example, if we have to get a bus, who here in this church has different types of licenses that could actually drive a bus or can drive a, uh, a van, like a minibus that would be 24 passenger and under? So some of those information is going to be on there. So what I ask you to do is if you can put your name on that, we'll not only add you to that survey list, but we're also going to add you to our Impact News uh, email list uh, where you can get updates every week about the upcoming events. So if you're currently not receiving any of the emails, which usually come out on Wednesdays from the church, please put your email address down there as we'd love to be able to fill you in. I want to come in for a conclusion here. Isaiah 54, this is the verse we've been using, but I'm going to read it from the Message Bible. It says this, clear lots of ground for your tents. Make your tents large. Spread out. Think big. Use plenty of rope. Drive the tent pegs deep. You're going to need lots of elbow room for your growing family. You're going to take over whole nations. You're going to resettle abandoned cities. I believe that we are in an incredible season where God is stirring up our church to believe for something that is beyond ourselves. Amen? And I believe that we're on the cusp of some great things. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray. I want you to seek God, and I want you to say, God, with the building, Lord, where are we, what are we supposed to do? Lord, if you're going to open the doors, open them. If you're going to close them, close them. Lord, just speak to us very clearly about what we're going to do. Um, I want you to be prayerfully considering financially how you can continue to give towards uh, the building and the possibility of the building upcoming. I'm going to give more direction to that the last week of May. Um, and just to let people know of practicalities uh, for the church itself, Uh, We are going to be switching back to one service over the summer. Um, We're going to do it over the three summer months, so June, July, and August. We're going to be one service, 10 a.m., and we're going to pack the chairs in here and get everyone as as much as we can over the summer service uh, times. And so that will be starting the first week of June, which is also the the day that Ignite Youth leads the service. So we'll be back to one service for June, July, and August, and then back to two, barring any changes that God may do. Uh, between now and September. We'll be back to two services uh, then. Thank you for taking the time to listen to one of our messages from Impact Church. We hope and trust that this message encouraged you. If you want to find out more information about our church, check us out online at www.impactkingston.com.